Welcome and hello to the 166th episode of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. I am Giles Alderson. I'm a writer, director and I'm a producer. And my feature film, The Dare, is available now if you live in the USA and Canada. Please go watch, please go support. And if you do like it, give us a nice review on Amazon. And I'm also the producer of A Serial Killer's Guide to Life, which is available now. Go watch watch it on Sky Movies because that's ace and go support if you can and I did direct a lovely movie called uh, Arthur and Melly Knights of Camelot which is out in July I believe it's still out in July I haven't been told otherwise so until then it is out in July which isn't long away now because we're in June we are in June and I'm delighted to tell you today's episode is with John McPhail who is the director of the absolutely brilliant zombie musical Anna and the Apocalypse we have such a brilliant chat we go in so much detail about how he makes his films and there's so much for you guys and girls to learn Uh, we talked about why we fall in love with movies what's the reason for that and knowing your audience which we always talk about anyway at the end of the show is know your audience We talk about how he went from shorts to making his first feature film, Where Do We Go From Here?, by using some of his award money and also crowdfunding money too, and going down the SEIS route. We also talk about the importance of asking for things, just actually phoning up and asking, and how great that can be and how useful it can be as well. And we also talk about how to get into film festivals, how Anna and the Apocalypse came about, how he shot it, how he directed it, and how he got around all those marvellous musical medleys and numbers. And we talk about imposter syndrome and some amazing advice for the filmmakers, for you lot, for you out there. It is a great episode. It is coming up very soon. But first, I have to tell you about the Make Your Film event, which is this Thursday. It's this Thursday. It's come around so quick. June the 4th, 6pm onwards, UK time. So wherever you are around the world, you can come join us. And we have amazing guests. From Dan Mazer, who directed, wrote, produced so many movies, including Borat and Bruno. And at the moment, he's uh, directing the Home Alone reboot. He's going to be there. Oh, yeah. We've also got Sharon Maguire, the director of Bridget Jones' Diary, the first one, and the last one, which is just out on Sky now. It's called Bridget Jones' Baby. We've also got chats from casting director Shakira Dowling and the UK actors Tweet Up, myself and Dom are hosting. It's going to be brilliant. Come and join us. The link is in the show notes. It's donations going to the film and TV charity uh, COVID Relief Fund. So give what you can. It's a couple of quid. But come and join us because you will learn so much from this just sit there and have it on in the background whatever you don't have to do anything you just listen so come and join us it's the make your film event it is this thursday june the 4th it's going to be brilliant and uh, we have launched on the website and i'm so happy this has happened and thank you so much laura whitehouse for sorting this out and getting the designs up and ready and on the website for you and i talk designs because we have much merch has landed go to filmmakerspodcast.com click the merch button and you'll see all the really cool t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and face masks and the water bottles that you can use on set and reusable ones 
So cool. Got some cool little designs on there, so I hope you enjoy. But go have a look. Filmmixpodcast.com and, and go to the merch section. Again, I'll put a little link up in the, in the show notes to make it easier for you. But please do support if you can. We make no money from these. Literally, Redbubble takes all the money. I think we make about two quid a t-shirt. So I've kept the prices as low as possible so that you can all enjoy them and actually maybe wear them and, um, with pride. I say. so, But thank you so much for listening all this time that you have. If you're new, welcome. If you're an oldie like me and done all 166 episodes, then thank you so much. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. Speaking of oldies but goldies, shout-outs go to the people who've been listening a long time and, and supported along the way with lovely little tweets. Do tweet us, at FilmmakersPod. Um, Ronan Summers, Chloe, the producer on, on Twitter. Uh, handle is at Chloe Producer on Twitter. Um, Ian Tierney, Kane Levy... Uh, I was on his show recently. Do check that out. Uh, take one slate one. Haida Zafar. Um, a big shout out to the Mental Health Week, which was about a week ago now. But I know so many of you are going through real issues right now. It is a daunting time. It is tough. But I thought I'd keep going with this podcast and keep upbeat and keep light and just keep giving you a bit of hope that you can go out there and make a film just like I have as well. Um, because I, I, I know it's hard. The amount of things that I've had in prep that have fallen through at the moment or are about to go and aren't, and there's so many big producers it's happened to too. But what's good about this is we're all in the same boat. But whatever you're feeling, don't be alone with it. Reach out to someone, whoever it is. Uh, reach out to me if you have to, if you want to, if you need to. I'm here for you, and so many other people are as well. It is a difficult time, but we have to stick together and be strong because we can get through it and we are getting through it and we will get through it but if you're struggling don't be alone don't be a stranger we're here for you um so shall we get to today's episode with john mcphail it is brilliant and you're going to enjoy this um whatever the weather because it's nice weather i don't know why i said that so here we go this is the episode with john mcphail episode 166 of the filmmakers podcast relax enjoy and go make your film Hey, dude. How's that? Hey, go. Yeah, it's good for me. Oh, All that's right. Much better. Much better. Brilliant. Right. Let's jump straight in. I- I'd wanted to know how you started. How you actually, you know, got on the road to making, you know, a very successful feature film like Anna and the Apocalypse. You you went to the Scottish Conservatoire. Is that right? You- and you made shorts out off the back of that. Yeah. So I went to college at first. You know, like I left school, being like, oh, yeah. I-, 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 I want to be in the film industry, but I don't know how. Did you know from a young age that that's something you wanted to do? I mean, I said college, like 16, 17. Did you know then you go, I want to be a filmmaker? No, like, I like, I just, I just loved, like, making stuff, like, um, like, 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 uh, stuff with my pals and things like that. Like, you know, we used to play a bit with, like, a camcorder and, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, make up, like, you know, Monty Python sketches and things like that. Brilliant, yeah. Um, Like, leaving school, I didn't know what to do. I was going to go to... Um, and do like stage management um, oh, really okay like at the QMU but uh, I was on my way like to Glasgow one day to meet my pals and um, uh, I bumped into somebody who went to a different school and they were like oh I'm going to go and do like an HNC and film and TV and I went you can do that <laughs> like, aye 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 so I was like no, like no way so I looked into the course and applied and like I got in to do like the HNC and just was like I got my hands on a camera and just just loved it I um I, I was lucky enough to get any of the, the it was the RSAMD at the time and now they've called the RCS or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I thought I wanted to do cinematography. I thought I wanted to be a DOP. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, so like I just sort of specialised in camera and 
when I left, I, I'd done like, I worked in sport for about five years. Like I mm-hmm. used to work for like the Scottish Football Association. That's uh, interesting because sport- there's a footballer with the same name as you, which, yeah. is, which is great, right? I mean, if you search your name, this footballer comes up. It's like, oh, all right, okay, yeah. Which I is, know, he's a Celtic legend. He's yeah, there like, you go. He scored in the, it's a famous like victory. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I know it's a, it's a good name to get confused with for me anyway. <laughs> yeah that for you for you are good oh, no, as long totally. as you're a celtic fan then that makes sense if you were rangers <laughs> that'd be horrible wouldn't it just be like yeah every time you say your name be like what was that <laughs> who <are> you go <laughs> um so yeah so it, which is really interesting because i think I, I think a lot of filmmakers find it very difficult to to go look i might want to be a director or a cinematographer or an actor whatever it is in that realm but how do i do it how do i actually make a career you know you can you can go out there and ask people who say go, what does a director do you know what i mean so it's it's quite an interesting choice that you knew or you felt that that's something you wanted to do and could make a career of it early on i think a lot of people sort of fall into it or they go through it at a different angle but it sounds like you from the off we're going look this this i love it do you remember what about it that you really loved what was it that you loved i i, I don't know i think it was just you know throwing up a, a lens on something and you know making it look really pretty and uh like that was like the beginning of it you know was 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 just like mm. as i say it was just the images and like the frames um yeah i i think it was just like a love of making stuff as well like you know there was a there was a real enjoyment of going out and making stuff with just your mates, you know, your college mates and, you know, shooting stuff and the kind of like the, the adrenaline of it, the excitement of it. And, you know, that was part of it as well. Um, Like I love being on set and, you know, I love it when it's a bit, as we call it, kickball scramble where it's just mayhem all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Like, as I say, the adrenaline that just sort of like sort of fuels you through it. But, Film in general, like I, I fell in love with cinema at a very, very, very early age. The one thing that we used to look forward to when we were kids was like a Friday for when my dad would finish work and we would all go down to like the video shop. Um, yeah. And, you know, we would rent three movies and it was like, you know, one movie for my parents, one uh, movie for, for me and my brother. And that was like our Friday nights. My mum and dad would go and watch their movie. We would go and watch ours. And then as a family, we'd pick one for the Saturday night. You know, I always just looked forward to, you know, that Friday night to be, you know, go and pick a movie. That's lovely. Yeah. That's really nice. I think, I think, I think a lot of filmmakers get their love from other films. You know, I think that's where it comes from. I think the onset side of things is amazing but where we really get the joy and where we really fell in love with it i think was watching those films that really made us think or move or be frightened you know uh, john carpenter did that so well it's sort of that it just put you on the edge and made you what's going to happen and i think that's an exciting point even though we now know what happens when we make films we know it's not like that on set it's never the glamour it's always <laughs> hard work and compromise but yet when other people watch it they don't see the issues or problems or things that went wrong you know and we did that as kids and i think that's magical and you're trying to hold on to that little piece of you know magic but, but the, the thing is is most people still do hang on to that magic they, they don't know how it's made they're like it's not the mm. the, the general audience and that's kind of like you know what what you need to think about a lot a lot of the time is like well it's the one thing you're always thinking about when you're a filmmaker is like you know who's my audience you know who's this film for yes that's the the that, that's that's where you can you know as I say sort of like you know bring people together. It was one of the things we loved about Rihanna was you know bringing that mu- that, that musical fans and that those horror fans together. And I know that's like you know things like the Rocky Horror Picture Show and stuff like that, and you mm-hmm. know Little Shop of Horrors had done that you know 
brilliantly before. But um, you know, uh, there's there's like there's like different parts in the, like the film. Like you know, the whole first first act is like a zany teen comedy musical, um, and. But and as I say, like knowing your audience, and like I'm a horror fan, right? And I know mm. that my horror audience has been sitting there and like look, look, looking at their watches and going, "John, we didn't sign up to High School Musical. We had we signed up to High School Musical with zombies. Where where are the zombies? <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah. there's there's like um um like the the very beginning of the second act, like the like I start off with like a whole host of like horror tropes, mm-hmm. like you know like builds and stuff like that, and like um um drones. Um, you know, it's like the, the high angle shot of her and then the one underneath her bed and it's all yes. building to, to nonsense. But what it's sort of me doing is sort of signifying, you know, nodding to the, like my, my horror fans and saying, thanks for waiting. Yes, like, you know, horror you. comedy's about to ensue and then she walks out and it's just like bedlam. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as well as sort of like, you know, taking people through those sort of paces. I'm trying to sort of like, you know, keep the the that that audience on board. You know, as 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 I say, is um, you know when you break up the film, like you know, like as I say, with like the, the three act structure, it's like that first act is a zany teen comedy. Then we've got like horror comedy, musical drama, which then folds into drama musical. You know, like <laughs> uh, uh, which is which I think is stunning, and I'd not seen it before, and certainly like you say with Rocky Horror and Little Shop, yeah, and we'd not seen it for a long time, and and this came about, and it just sort of it blew my mind with how great it was and how fun, and I'm like. I'm a big fan of musicals. I was in the West on the West End stage for a bit. That whole feeling of that, but put on film is just just delightful. But before we delve really deep into *Annie Apocalypse*, let's talk about how it came about. Because you'd made your feature film, your first feature film before that, which was uh, called *Where Do We Go From Here*. That's correct. Yeah, I've been working as like a a camera assistant on this TV program um, called *Waterloo Road*. You may remember it. Of course, great British TV show. There we go. Yeah. So I was I was working on that as like a as a camera assistant. I must have been about twenty five, and I was like totally hating my job. I just, like I wasn't hating the people. I loved the people. I loved the people I worked with. I was mm-hmm. just wasn't enjoying it, and I, I wasn't being creative. Like I'm feeling creative. Me and my mates we used to shoot like loads of comedy sketches, and me and like my best friend Tyler Collins. Mm. Me and him we were sick of doing like set up punchline, and we wanted to do comedy with like character and heart and. So we were talking about making a short film, and while I was working on Waterloo Road, I wrote this little this little short um, called Notes. Basically, like I was I was living in a flat with a guy who I never met for three months. What? Um, but this so, is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened was that while I was working on Waterloo Road, I was living in like it was like student accommodation. Got you. And, yeah, shared accommodation and stuff. Yeah, just it, it was old student halls, but like it was a private company that was letting out, and they were only like letting two rooms to a person. There's like seven rooms on a floor, wow. and it was two people each floor. They were like um, they put in, and I lived with this guy who worked night shift in a factory, and uh, <laughs> so so basically I'd been living with him for a couple of weeks, and like. Um, I started leaving him like post-it notes around the flat, like going, "Hi, uh, my name's John. I'm your flatmate. There's beer in the fridge. You know, wire into it." And he started writing me back, like, "Hi, John. You know, like da da da." And and genuinely, that's like how we communicated until he set the fire alarm off one night, and uh, <laughs> and uh, one of the sparks like threatened to throw him out the window. Like I was, uh, it was chaos. Wow. Um, because by that point as well, like some of the um, other people in Waterloo Road 
who lived further away, you know, were just staying in there as like as like digs. Yeah. So we had a problem on the production and had to shut down for three weeks. Um, and I'd written this little like romantic comedy about two people who lived in a flat together that like communicated <laughs> through notes. I remember it was just like we we scrambled together like a couple hundred quid to you know make it. That must have been really sort of liberating for you as well. The fact that you were there working on that, the fact that your story came from an idea you just was like well this is quite a good idea and what could happen from this and the fact that you had that three-week window to go well why don't we just shoot something and you had you know people around you who could do that quite easily well that was the thing is like there was some people who on waterloo road there was another runner who um who produced and he he graduated like a few years behind me mm-hmm. um at the rsamd so there was like this sort of like um and then i had my mates who i used to shoot my who i used to shoot the sketches with right. so like you know i can i could bring like a whole sort of like like a team together perfect yeah, yeah. Who, who were already knew how a film was put together or a tv in this sense but it's, it's the same principle Ooh. it wasn't like people who hadn't been on set before or you know yeah, these, I, exactly so you were in a strong position to go well okay this you all know what you're doing and let's all step up roles so if you were an assistant before now you're production manager you know and that gives them a really nice credit as well right no I totally i mean don't get me wrong it was a very tiny crew that was like pff, I mean, I done like the costume and like the the um, the, like the, all the production. <laughs> I love it. And, totally, like, we've all been there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, but it was just to get it made, and it was it was like you know it was a, a sweet wee script, and you know I thought oh, it could be a bit of fun, mm-hmm. and um, and honestly, mate, like I've never been really like like good at naturally good at anything in my life like like really? i was I, I always used to get like the cheers for turning up medal you know like i was never picked first <laughs> second third or fourth yeah most always, improved uh, player award yeah okay that one all right uh, you know yeah uh, thanks for you know thanks yeah. for being here like, yeah uh, cheers uh, for bringing the water yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> uh, totally. uh, i struggle to learn like how to play the guitar i've got no rhythm you know like you know it's like you know of all, like different things I've ever tried, like I've never been naturally good. You know, even with the cinematography thing, you know, you're constantly reading and trying to keep up to date with stuff, and I'm mm. a nightmare at that stuff. It's hard. It's hard. Cinematography. It's it's an amazing. There's people who do it really well. They're very oh. skilled at it and understand it really well. And and I think for me and you, we're much more the sort of we want to work with actors and more creative hands on with the whole process. But yeah, cinematography is just it's a different. It feels like a different beast yeah. sometimes. But um, like there was just just something clicked like you know yeah. where I, like I, I, everything went so super well like don't get me wrong it was like things that went wrong and you know you know little things here and there but like overall it was like it was you know it was really really good and then i'd um i'd got let i i got a meeting like um uh work like once we started back and like I was basically thought this was them going to renew my contract because you know we went back three weeks and you know we're going to have to extend da 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 da, mm-hmm. and they were like we're, we're not going to extend your contract and like the uh, apparently the DOP didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So um, fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, well, no, well that was the thing. I was devastated. Like I, I like I, I didn't know yeah. what I was going to do. You know, like I was going to have to go get another job and work with a different camera team. And I loved the camera team I worked with. You know, we were all you know really good mates. And mm. um, and I was like, oh, what am I, you know, what am I going to do? And uh, I was in post with with notes, and I was like, you know, this is this is no bad. This this isn't bad at all. And um, I was like, right, well, what am I, I going to do? You know, 
I'm going to I'm going to try and become a director. And I put the I put the film into a couple of film festivals. And mm-hmm. I got into a festival in the uh, the February, and I went to see. Well, I went to the, the film festival, and I went to like a panel, and they were talking about on the, on this panel how short films are your calling card for like you know in, you know to make you know like feature films, and this is you know how you can make like a low budget feature off the back of a short. And mm-hmm. I thought, do you know what? I'm I'm going to do that. I'm going yeah. to go and make three short films all in the vein of comedy, exploring mm-hmm. comedy. You know, each time you know we'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, and the budget so you know obviously get me a bit bigger, and we'll you know we'll grow with it. And sure. you know, with the team that I'd sort of like assembled, and as you know that team came and went, and people came were added to it, and etc. And um, yeah, we just ended up on this sort of like year of making like all these short films where we, we made four, four shorts in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, our most successful short was a, sh- uh, was a film that we made for a laugh um, in between. <laughs> like, um, that's funny. Is um, that just say hi? That's the one. That's yeah. The one. See, this is very, this is Virgin media shorts, you know, and you're the first guy to ever win guy or girl filmmaker to win uh, two awards in the same film festival, right? With the Virgin yeah. media shorts. Yeah. Which is incredible. And, and how funny that you said, yeah, this is one that we just thought we'd just try. You know, this one we just made for a laugh between... Isn't that funny how that can work? Aye, well, I think we were on a roll at the time and the, me and Tyler were just really, really in sync everything that we wanted to do. And, you know, my producers like Andrew, uh, Lanny and Lauren Lamar were just like, they were always, you know, badgering me to do stuff and, you know, like, keep the momentum up. See, that's so, great to have good people around you as well. I think that's really important as, as oh, a filmmaker because otherwise you just sit on your own and go oh well I'm probably I'm trying to write something that's probably not good enough and oh I've got to raise money for it but if you've got two of the people or three or four all around all trying to support each other get to the next stage then you're in a, you're in a winner you really are well that was the the next stage which was the crowdfunding and you know the, the shorts had done well at festivals you know, n- you know ne- never here. <laughs> we, we won a few awards here and, like, you know, as I say, the, the Virgin mm. Media shorts we did well with, but it was always, like, short film festivals in the States or, like, yeah. in, you know, in Europe somewhere, so... <laughs> yeah, you couldn't get to them. And, yeah, and it's like, oh, there's another laurel on a page and stuff. Yeah, I know, it's a fun, funny how that works. So those shorts have done, like you say, done well, and you were like, okay, where, literally, where do we go from here? <laughs> and you, you went, right, okay, well, I want to make a feature... So yep. you decided to do the crowdfunding route. Tell us, talk us through that, because obviously making a feature is a lot of listeners now going, great, that's what I want to do. How much did you raise? How difficult was it? Um, and, you know, talk us, let's talk about how you made the first feature. So while we were shooting the shorts and I was writing the shorts, I was badgering about the idea of like, you know, a feature. And I think it was the July, like I was, um, is when I ended up, because I'd, I'd been writing before that, like, you know, like, you know, what we're going to do for a feature, you know, it was always in the back of my head, you know, with these shorts and the vein, you know, like with comedy. And as we were doing them, I was sort of like chopping and changing my mind because, you know, what, what do I do and what works? And I, I'd written one, it was called Babs and Kathy. It was basically a lethal weapon meets old people. And then... Um, uh, uh, I was like, no, 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 I'm not kicking off with my strongest foot. And my strongest foot, like, throughout all this has been Tyler. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we've been, been doing the shots together. We were in post for our last one. He'd been doing the music for it. And I'm going, right, well, I need to do something with, with, with Tyler. Um, right. And, like, this idea for, like, where did we go from here just came, came out of nowhere. Uh, it just started developing it from there. I ended up pitching it to the guys. I come back from New York from a festival and sat them down. And I went, right, well, I'm not, we're not going to do this anymore. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I pitched it to them, and they were like, "No, let's let's do it." Um, so 
started drafting away and started trying to raise the finance for 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 the feature itself and we were sort of like trying you know as the you know the drafts were coming in we were trying to like guesstimate the budget and work it from there and we thought if we can get 50 grand we can get it in the can like mm-hmm. that's that's totally achievable yeah totally achievable yeah absolutely so how we do it we'd get five grand from virgin for um uh for winning for what for, 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 for just say hi yeah yeah so, congrats it was five grand towards a short and like we phoned them up and we were like can we put it in your feature and they were like aye we were, like, do we, do we yeah. need to put your logo do we need to do anything and they were like no <laughs> maybe maybe let us know when it's done you know yeah well, absolutely it's a shame they finished isn't it virgin media shorts it's such a shame that didn't oh, continue oh totally no i know it was for us it was brilliant you know like yeah what a calling car what a place and at the time it was like the biggest you know in the uk virgin media shorts was huge it was a really oh, totally. big thing Everybody yeah. was putting in there, yeah, you know, and the, the shots were amazing. The shots were brilliant, you know. Mm. Yeah, so you, you thought, right, let's let's raise some money. Um, and you thought crowdfunding was the best way to get you 50K or around that amount. No, no, no. You know, so we had the five and we thought we can get mm-hmm. 10. We could get 10 from crowdfunding. Yeah. But, but you good. did it. Like, yeah, we got it. We did the we did that. We smashed our target oh, and we had a lot of fun doing it. And one of the things is we'd created like a little bit of a fan base from like our shorts and those people were just who rallied about us, you know, and were the first people to put their, put the their money in their, their hands in their wallet. And then mm. there was like mates who were just like, you know, waiting for payday to come. And, you know, there was loads of stuff like that as well as just people who just took a, like a punt on us, which was, yeah. which is, which is we, incredible. And what is great about, I find that crowdfunders is the people who support you now, especially if you actually get a film out there, which you've done and then go on to other stuff. Those people will support you forever you know because they're invested in you they even whether it's five quid or if it's 500 quid they're invested in you and they've and your projects and what you're delivering and they can stay with you for life and i think that's vital you know as your not your brand as such but you john mcphail people are like well yeah i like him i put some money into oh i started him off on his career people love that and i think that's that's great that's great. So you managed to raise a bit more than 10 and then you had five from before. How, what, how did you go about getting the other, I suppose, 30, 25, 30? So, uh, so this was like one of our, our sort of like more clever moments for us anyway. Um, I was sitting thinking, I was looking like at Shane Meadows, you know, I've just done the Virgin Media shots and, you know, mm-hmm. there he is, like the man himself handing out the awards, you know, got back a chat with him and stuff like that. Ah, going, you've like, got to, you've got to, yeah. How, how did you do it? Mind with the Eurostar, mind like the, you know, like, you know, you you got the Eurostar to make a film, a feature film. They got you know to mm. put money in. And I was like, who could I get to put money into my film? And I'm looking about, and mm. I try, I, I tried, you know, like the 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 normal funding routes, but you know, it's like it's like applying for a mortgage. If you don't tick the boxes, you don't get the mortgage. And you know, like yeah. I didn't tick the boxes, so mm-hmm. um, that's just get out as. So I thought <laughs> construction, like construction stops for nothing. Like, you know, you know, always decorating, rebuilding, refurbishing. At the time we were in a recession as well, and it's like, well, you know, who's got money? Um, and um, I, so when we launched our Kickstarter, like I blanketed out to these sort of like construction firms to like the, the CEOs and asked them if they wanted to come along to their short film night. It's like a Glasgow, you know, working class kind of like, you know, shop, like, you know, filmmaker, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then um, I like four companies, yeah. came along wow. you know, the, the night so it was like a kickstarter night and we had a lot of four shots so one guy sent his three daughters and one guy sent uh, sorry two guys came along with their business partner and another guy came along with his wife um, right. and um what that ha- it meant was it got me into their offices to pitch to them 
like to be like you know like you know this is this is my plan and by this point like you know i, I don't know accounts i don't know, you know no anything your business about plan or your waterfall them. none of that shit you were like mm. i'm a <laughs> I'm a total blagger. I'm a, yep. a, like, you know, uh, like, but at this point I'm learning. So when, when I was in college, like people would never like, you know, phoning up and asking for stuff. But I was like, give me the phone. I'll phone, I'll phone it up. I give me, I'm going for this. I want this. Um, and uh, so I phoned up an accountant and I was like, right, how, <laughs> how, how do I, how do I get money out of people? Um, like, you know, like, and um, I sat down <laughs> and he was like, he told me about this, this scheme called the SEIS scheme. Mm-hmm. SEIS um, Seed Enterprise Investment Scheme and what it is is it basically is you can get up to 50% of, of your initial investment back at tax time um, if you're investing in a new enterprise yes. so you know you're looking for like high tax earners and a way of to like write stuff off and you know make some money and it's like well you know, do I put money into this and these you know these guys put money into like soccer and like baseball teams and you know like mm-hmm. taking sponsor for strips and you know one's a scaffolding company etc like a sponsorship almost totally yeah and they do it like you say they do it on football shirts what's the difference in saying well all right we'll, we'll give you 20 grand whatever totally. for, to, to put to and actually we get a film at the end of it and we get our name all over a film that we can talk about forever you know that's that's a good it's a great way of doing it mate and the the, the, the sad thing about the seis now oh. and where it's at is it's an actual issue with the government uh, yeah, are trying a... to work it through at the moment but back then this is the best thing you could do oh totally this was like you know like the you know the only thing i could do yeah and um, if anything so... it's basically anything under 150k um your investors could get up to you know even more up to 50 uh, percent back Something but yeah, yeah up to some um, up to 75 depending on um and, yeah, yeah if, if everything went wrong i think they got 75 percent back which is kind of like well we're in for 25 percent then if it yeah. does all right hey winning um mate so so you you basically went in and pitched and blagged it to these the, these uh construction well, guys well, I, I like to say i say i blagged it but one of the things about me is like i'm i, I am from a working class background you know mm-hmm. my dad was a painter decorator my mom was a social worker you know like I, i'm you know and, and these guys were all self-starters and one of the things is i knew was like you don't you know you know make your way in the construction trade and you know you don't know a bullshitter when you see one. Mm. So, you know, when you when I was in there, I was I was completely honest and everything that I was doing was, was like, look, I'm just a self-starter like you and um, I'm looking to make a product and sell it. That's it. That's my, my ultimate goal. You know, the only difference is instead of it being in construction or like making bikes or, you know, anything, it's, I'm, you know, making a film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And, these these guys they were just brilliant with me, absolutely brilliant with me. Like they they were really enamoured with like you know how you know ballsy I was and you know <laughs> what I wanted to do, but also like you know as I said they could totally see themselves in there and mm. and you know when I was seventeen you know I went and worked for a construction company fitting kitchens and heating systems and parties so I could have some money between you know leaving school and going to work at um, or going to college mm-hmm. because you know like you know yeah. I, I I've never minded a bit of labour you know. I've always sort of done work with my dad and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So which really helped them when you went in to talk to them. At least you could say, look, I've done <laughs> this too, right? Oh, it's like, it's, it's, it's having the banter, you know, mm. and, you know, and understanding that. And in fact, one of the best things I ever did was go and work away with the football because you were away with all these old heads and see the banter that these guys could just like, they could tear you in two just by a couple of words and, you know, like rip you to bits. And yeah. like, so like, you know, I, I, I know you say I'm one of them. I am one of them, you know, and, and this is all I'm wanting to do. And honestly, like one of the guys, like halfway, I went even halfway through my pitch and just stopped me. And he went, 
right, hold on a second. Like, how much are you looking for? And I went, eh, 10 grand. And he, <laughs> he, he turned his dollar and went, get a checkbook. Oh, <laughs> mate, that's amazing. What a great moment. You must have been like that. Um, um, do you want the rest? <laughs> no, get out of here quick. That's so, so lovely, mate. So yeah. and and they totally championed me. They were they were like, nah, we, you know, we just we you know we like put our investment in, and you know what happens happens. We did all the certificates and all that for like you know the tax thing. So mm-hmm. they got their money back and, and that side of it, and you know they were really happy with that. And, oh, congratulations! You know, um, That's really good. That was kind of like the, that that way how it worked. Um, so. So yeah, you know, it's just madness. It is. So that's how you got your first feature made, is you did a little bit of a kickstart, but you also went round and basically exec produced and learned how to sell your movie and yourself. And that's it's incredible. It's really Aye. cool. It's really but, cool. You know, this, at the same time, you know, like you don't know how to do it. It's just like, well, mm. if, if I want to make this, I have to do this. Nobody else is going to do it for me and mm. nobody else is going to do it any better than me because... People could articulate themselves better than me in certain meetings in other other places, and you know, you know that's why they're there. But there's certain things. There's like I'm Liam Neeson from Taken. I have a certain particular skills. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's brilliant. I, I love it. I, you know, about a wee bit of a bam and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works. Out, yeah, it does. It does. So there you go. So now you've got your money, or you know, you've you managed to cobble it together, and now you're about to go direct it. Talk us through that the first few days of this and the prep work that you did and leading up to, it and how that felt. Was there issues? Oh, I it was Hunnell's issues. Like you know, like you know, <laughs> you know, at one point we had a spark and he left, and mm-hmm. because he, he told him I hadn't told him about the rates, but basically I was go, I was going full commie. Like everybody get the same. Yeah, like, why not? Like, Harry like, Pursue I, across the board. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We all get the same kids. Yeah, you know, I, I can't I can't do any better than that. And it's like you know, I think it was like eighty quid a day or something plus expenses. So if you know, like there was people who we put up. You know, we got accommodation for, and as well, see, trying to shoot, we were shooting during the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Wow. So like trying to like find people accommodation and oh, stuff no, like no. that was was mad. And you know, um, yeah, it was like it was sixteen days we shot it in. Okay. Um, yeah. Aye, it was it was incredible. It was brilliant. It was it was so tiring, but it was yes. it, it was awesome. Like you know, it was me and my team, and you know, we were you know people who had been working with for years and I had worked with in the past, and it was all coming together. And through all of this, I'm doing it all with my mate Tyler. You know, like my you know, my my big American mate. Yeah. You know, it's like you know that was that was also a total like dream as well. It was like I just got to work with my best pal all the time. Ah, oh, it's, like, it's it's so important. It really is. It really oh, is the the next part of like the the equation of you know I had only had like enough money to get in the can and you know mm-hmm. everything else was I had to cut it myself because I couldn't I couldn't trust like an editor to to to, to sit and me not be over their shoulder the entire time and you know yes. like not want to kill them. Um, mm, I know what you mean. Did you learn to edit then? No, I, I well, I knew how you edit. I knew fine, how you edit. You know, the college, you know, and you know, you do, you do the basics. But I'd been shooting corporates for years as well as like you know the football, and you know, you need to cut, yeah. you need to know how to cut, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. Yes. Um, so I knew my way about an edit suite. I knew how you, you know what everything was. It was just like you know cutting a feature. Yeah, I think I'd never cut a film before that. Really, you know? oh, no, to do a long full feature is tough. That's so. Tough. We created like a little um, walk, like there was a walk-in wardrobe. We turned into like a, a sound a sound room, um, nice. and Tyler would just do the soundtrack in there because like before we had we'd done the film, like uh, I'd created like a playlist of like you know 
you know, artists and songs and things like that. So Tyler started going through that. And we started going through all the, you know, did all the different music cues. Um, and he started recording the music while I was cutting. Um, so, so yeah, cut the film. Then it was the dub and grade. So, and then it priced out about 14 grand it was going to be to, wow. to get it dubbed and graded. Mm-hmm. But I always had a plan, you know, and mm-hmm. what my plan was, was, right, if I get this, if I put this film into Edinburgh Film Festival, because I'm a first-time UK filmmaker, I'll get nominated for the Michael Powell Award. If I get nominated for the Michael Powell Award, I can apply to Creative Scotland for completion funding for up to 15 grand. Now, I'll, I'll only need 14 grand. So <laughs> There's a grand for me. <laughs> so here we go, let's get into this. So... Mm. um Got the film ready to send off the Edinburgh Film Festival, put it in a screener, and I was like, there's nobody in hell who's making a romantic comedy in Scotland or from Scotland. <laughs> like, nobody. This is, mm. this is you know, what I shoot in. And uh, I always get, re- get rejected. Um, uh, it absolutely broke my heart. Like, totally oh, broke man. my heart. Like, I was devastated. Because, like, what was my plan? Like, how else was I going to finish my film? Like, what was mm-hmm. I going to do? And, um yeah i couldn't get out of bed for days um and i'm going right how am i going to get this to work so i take it back to the the drawing board totally broke my heart so what did you do what what, how did you get through it so the next well well i was going to have to write to these you know facility companies and say you know any chance you know somebody can somebody can do this for me and you know Mm -hmm. um one of them was a, a edit facility called edit one two three Mm-hmm. they'd shown it to like the the, the head of uh, the the sound in one of the the graders and yeah. they were totally up for it like doing it they'll do it on the nights it's so true if you just ask and this is something for all filmmakers out there if you just ask and john here's a perfect example of doing that go out and ask because people do want that credit that you know if they, if they normally do coloring on an advert or whatever well they want to do coloring on a feature film because people do well like i say they've done homes and the hammer they want to go hey i, I want to do a feature it's cooler it sounds better at parties and all that kind of stuff and for their careers so you just gotta ask and that's they, what you did they also loved the film like a scottish film you can take your granite see this this is rare not many very not rare. many of them <laughs> um, Oh, that's that's, that's great, and that's the kind of comedy and stuff that had been working for us. You know, was like the sweet stuff, like that was mm. the, you know, the the stuff that people really responded to, and that was like you know we just say hi. It was like it's a it's a sweet you know film. It's you know notes is a sweet film. The mm. other the other two are not sweet, but you know like yeah, uh, but you have to do them. You know, <laughs> different veins of comedy. You know, totally, totally. Wonderfully, now you've managed to finish the film pretty much so how did you get it out there and sell it was this again you going out there going right what do i do oh totally so the next yeah. thing about was um right well uh, how do i get attention to it and it's like well film yep. festivals and you know we'd been uh, we sent it to the sydney indie film festival mm-hmm. it was just a wee festival and we'd also sent it to a comedy festival in transylvania um, <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. It's called the, the Cluj uh, International Comedy Festival. Oh, yeah, the Cluj. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was like, right, well, you know, filed them into these and we get accepted. This was also like, you know, during the putting it into Edinburgh Film Festival. Here mm-hmm. we go. Um, right. And, and are these costing you? Because a lot of these festivals do cost money. Yeah. That's the thing to put them in. So, again, were you very careful about which festivals you chose? So, I'd, of course, I've done like a festival run with my shorts. And short films have got a festival life of two years, whereas a feature has got a festival life of one. Like, mm. So, with shorts, 
you know, you've got, as I say, two years to sort of just get it out, get it circulated, get it around. And it's two years of like learning how to use, you know, without a box. At that time, it was felt like it was without a box and not film freeway. Film freeway yes. is incredible. It's amazing. I love it. Uh, like, yeah. like, yeah. The, like the, the, the pain of without a box was oh don't, yeah it was so painful yeah so so just like learning you know like you know how to put a film into a festival what to do and you know by that point you know I'd, I'd learned how to write covering letters and you know you know I had a, like a template that I would move in and you know like mm-hmm. you know if, if festivals you know what they want to hear is that you a bit about why they want to be in you want to be in their festival and it's like you know go back and research it you know look at the festival and look at the website look at past winners look at other films that have been there look at their mission statements you know mm-hmm. festivals sometimes you know each year they've got a different mission statement because they're you know concentrating on certain segments or like different types of films you know maybe maybe scottish film is actually something that's in their mission statement this year do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i know glasgow film festival each year you know like, like i it was a couple of years ago it was argentinian films the year before that was Canadian films, you know, obviously there's a, there's a there's a section of that. So you know, festivals are looking for 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 different types of films. They're also looking for specific types of films. And if mm. your film fits that, you know, um, you know, brief, then yep. then there's a big chance you're going to get your film screened. So just taking the time, and it is so so time consuming sitting there and going favorite 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 mm-hmm. favorite favorite and then going through them all and writing them all out and you know reading them all and reading through the statements and watching shorts and it is laborious but that's your job like, yeah it <laughs> you, is. you want to learn about film festivals go to sit in a seminar about film festivals and then when you you know go to sit down to do it and realize that you know it's different because <laughs> <it's, it's, laughs> there's different ways of doing it and the only way you're going to do it is by learning and by you know doing it and yeah, you need to spend some money, you know. But if you're going to do that, do the early birds. You know, Mark yeah, called the early birds. Totally, yeah. yeah. And do you know what? And it's the same as prepping a film. People go, I just want to be a filmmaker. I don't want to be bothered with all that sort of stuff. But when you're prepping a film, that's a shit ton of work. Oh, true. You know, it's constantly. So it should be the same at the other end. There's no difference between whether you're working on your sound, your grade, or you're putting it into festivals, or you're trying to get it out there on iTunes, whatever it is. That's a full-time job. It's totally. part of your job as a director producer whatever it is you know it's so important and people do overlook it a lot and i love what you've done there and i love that you've researched all those film festivals i think that's great advice for filmmakers out there it's really good absolutely i've got some like such sweet sweet relationships where like festivals short film festivals i can't apply to like i can't do it anymore but you know like i've still got them on facebook and you know like mm. you know they still like you know tag you and stuff and you know it's it's you know you you get to create these relationships and then see when you're doing the kickstarters like who have you created relationships with you know particularly if you you can't make the festival but you make it like a video or you do q a me and tyler would sit up till like you know three o'clock four o'clock in the morning to do q a's um uh, you know with, with different film festivals so you're just screens your short and you know if you're willing to do that put that in your covering letter you know mm-hmm. if you're willing to travel if you have the means to travel if you have the means to get there tell them you're coming tell yep, them you're i definitely that makes there. a huge difference yeah and also there is some grants you can get mm-hmm. if you get into a film festival and you obviously can't afford to go that you can get that they will pay you so bfi do that quite a lot and a lot of people don't utilize that but it's there uh, yeah there's a there's, there's a specific standard so if you get any like you know want like some of the biggies mm-hmm. one of the best things about this is like I'm a I'm a Glasgow boy, and you know, as I say, Edinburgh broke my heart. But you know, mm. you know, I'm not even from Edinburgh. I'm from Glasgow, and the Glasgow Film Festival picked it up. Like we got like this at like real hype 
behind us because we end up getting nominated for seven awards at the Sydney Film Festival. Mm. Um, and um, we won three of them, I think. Uh, yeah. I won three, Best Support and Actress, um, uh, Best Film and Best Score. That's um, absolutely wonderful. You see, I love festivals. I, I'm a real big fan of them. I love meeting other filmmakers there. But what happened with, with The Dare is we got into Popcorn Frights Film Festival and uh, they offered to fly me over, which was incredible. And I was like, yeah, for sure I'm going. <laughs> but, but when but when we were there, I not only met the most coolest people ever, but I also met uh, future distributors i didn't know it at the time but they watched the film they were in the audience they were big horror fans they watched the film because i know you were in popcorn frights the year before and um yeah suddenly the next thing i know after i've watched the film they're like send us a screen and we want the movie next thing i know i'm, I'm putting them in touch with my sales agents next thing i know they they've they've booked the movie and now it's out there in the world so i think film festivals are a really really oh, good place totally. really good place for filmmakers. E- Igor and Judith are like two of my most favourite people in the entire world. There like, you go. I, yeah, I, we like, even like, talked about you this year when we're on the beach, by the way. Yeah, uh, he, he, always, he always <laughs> loves getting poked out of the beach, so he does and get to the sea. <laughs> I know. Loves that. It's brilliant. He loved it. Uh, that's where I met Beckham Woods, the writers of A Quiet Place. Oh, amazing. In, in the water. I mean, we're just swimming in the sea. Hey, guys. Hi. <laughs> we're all at the festival together. It's just so wonderful. Right, so you. nice. Um, yeah. So, yes, yeah, so you get into the film festival um, and you do that route and now suddenly you're getting a lot of traction, you're winning awards and is that an easier place now to get your film? Where do we go from here distributed? Well, the I think it was, it was after Glasgow Film Festival, we'd, we'd been teasing about putting into Creative Scotland for like um, distribution and exhibition funding because... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when we we did a we did a screening of like member of shorts when we did the the crowdfunder or like yeah. the Kickstarter, um, we we used Cineworld and the um the programmer at Cineworld um was like she loved the shorts and she was like if your you know your features half as good as your shorts like send it to me um, right. and see if we can get it you know screened here at Cineworld mm. and I was like do you know what like how how cool would that be if we could get like a theatrical out of this and. So that was like always sort of in the back of your heads about distribution. And so we never ever wanted to sort of like screw our UK distribution over. So I I ended up getting put out uh, like, you know, Amazon and all that, like much, much later on. I think, you know, the first place to buy it was Brazil. Um, (laughs) uh, Brazilian TV for like three years or something. (laughs) That's amazing. And was that you doing the date? Was that you? No, no, no. It was, um, so we got like a um, a sales agent. um, It's called Network TV Ireland. Like okay. it's a wee distribution company out in out in Ireland, and yeah, they sort of like look after it, for like that. So yeah, so so brilliant. You you know that's how you did it with your first feature. Where do we go from here? And now people can watch that, right? It's available for yeah. people now it's, on Amazon and it's on Amazon. It's, it's it's a film you can watch with your grandparents if you're stuck in you know quarantine with your grandparents or isolation with your grandparents, you know, or if you're like. You've got your grandparents' Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect gift. Well, there you go. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Congratulations on your first film. Let's talk about Anna and the Apocalypse now because obviously it blew up again, did really well in the festivals, uh, which is zombie apocalypse musical, um, which we talked about at the beginning. But let's, let's delve deep into this because this originally... Um, was Ryan McHenry and it was his sort of baby and this Ryan McHenry if you don't know for the listeners out there was the guy who was very famous for um, Ryan Gosling's uh, trying to get him to eat um, cereal, cereal. <laughs> Ryan Gosling <laughs> wanted to eat cereal babe. yeah that's it <laughs> 
<laughs> so he's very famous from that. It was, it, I think he was known from the Glee team as well, right? Or something along those lines. That's what I read somewhere. But um, so he had this story, um, you know, about this. And he made the short film, which was called uh, Zombie Musical, right? That's correct. That's correct. And I remember seeing it years and years ago. Someone in an office that we're talking about film, some producer or whatever, said, oh, you've got to come and see this, Giles. You'll love it. And he put it in, it's a zombie musical, they're trying to get money for it. And I was like, good luck. But that <laughs> looks amazing and hilarious. Um, and the next thing I know, it's, it's, it's happening. And you, you're attached and you're directing this through Blazing Griffin. Talk to me about how it happened for you. What happened was it was a Glasgow Film Festival. Um, yep. When I got back, the, there was this like sort of like electricity just in the air like it was the weirdest thing and like the like the applause like at the end was like I, I, I knew I'd missed something really really good if that made sense mm, and like yes. it was just this buzz about it but the two producers from Anna and the Apocalypse were in the audience that night um, uh, Nicola, Nicholas Crumb and Nace Nalikaroo and mm. um, they they'd been looking at horror directors musical directors and they just hadn't found this right fit but you know, like, you know, he was this, you know, guy who'd made a film for 50 grand that was all heart. And, you yeah. know, that's what, yeah. you know, what people got from it, which was mm. what was, you know, as I say, what it was supposed to be. And, um, yeah, they, they asked me to come in and, you know, if I would be interested in it. Now, like, I read the script and just, just fell in love with it. Um, I just fell in love with the characters and, like, the how fun it was. Um, so, yeah, so they invited me to come and pitch for it. You know, so I came, pitched for it. Um, few, it was quite a few months down the line after that. Um, uh, so, because I think that was the mar- like they'd seen that in the March, and then I was pitching for it in the April. Mm-hmm. I think I got the job in the April, two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was like the all go from there. We were just like what we call soft prep for about nine months <laughs> <laughs> well i know um i know tracy jarvis and steve jarvis as well we've um produced a cassette together and yeah they've told me all about this one that's why i was at fright fest that 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 year uh, and i actually met you there very briefly as yeah. well which was nice and um yeah they obviously they talk about it with so much high regard and yourself as well and the fact that this little movie it just became huge and and it's almost it's almost really weird how it didn't become that big in the uk but in america and scotland it's just just great and it, it should be because if you've not seen this movie it is just delightful and brilliant um and they obviously talked about the the, the production and the process and ella jarvis is in the movie as well their daughter um which is really great so yeah talk to me so now you've got the job um talk to me about your you know, how did you get do the musical scenes? How did you do the zombie effects? Let's maybe just go back a bit and talk talk us through. So, like, well, you know, it was just a case of like, you know, breaking down the script, and you know, I never mm-hmm. done I never done musicals before. I went and watched like hundreds and hundreds of musicals because I'm not a big musical fan. Like, like, um, see, before I made this film, film, if you'd say to me, "Come on, we're going to go and see a musical," you'd be, you'd be dragging me, kicking and screaming. Really, like, really, like, not no. your vibe, yeah. Well, it's lucky that Cats wasn't around then. Uh-huh. If you'd gone to see that, you might have gone, nah, 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 I'm not yeah. doing this. I love Cats. We all went as Stop like, it. Sort of Did like, you really? Like an Anna team. There was like all of us that just went yeah. along and we we just howled. Howled, howled, literally oh. like the cats are trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had the best time. Um, yeah. So like South Park, bigger, longer, non-cuts, like, you know, like mm-hmm. my favourite musical. Yeah. So, Great. Like, you know, there you go. 
I, I understood musicals and I could get them, you know, and I've seen Cannibal, the musical, and, you know, um, uh, Happiness of the, the Kakatauris and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Little Shop of Horror and, you know, I'd seen those movies, but sort of like understanding them was like, you know, like what I, like I felt like was my first sort of like step was understanding that because like the horror side of it, I was like, cool, I know this, like yes. I get it and I know what I want to do and then, you know, I want in camera, practical gore, you know, we'll top it up, mop it up with VFX, that'll be like the way to do it but, you know, it has to be in camera, we have to see it and... Love that, yeah, you know, absolutely. The film's not gory but, you know, like what we need to do is we need to break out the gore in specific moments um, because, you know, of course, the amount of money it costs, the time, you know, the resets, all of that sort of stuff is going to be, mm-hmm. be, you know, really, really tight. So what we could do is, you know, limit that to like specific moments, you know, you know, if characters are going to go or, you know, like, you know, important moments um, and, and of course, for and fun moments. So that took care of itself, you know, the horror side, you know, like mm. you that. The, the characters, you know, was, you know, was always going to be about the casting and that was another, you know, sort of fuss up. But the, yeah. the musical side of it, like I went and watched like loads and loads of musicals like Moulin Rouge. The boys had told me to go and watch Moulin Rouge. They told me to watch High School Musical. Like, right, yeah, sure. Right, I lasted 15 minutes. I was like, cool, I get it. I understand <laughs> it. I know what this is about. Yeah, that's enough. That's all I need to see, guys. Yeah. I get it. In get, the end, they're going to get together and get, play basketball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, yeah. Totally get and it, right? And, I, and then they were like, watch the first half like first half of the first season of glee like mm. I, I didn't yeah. and <laughs> like but you know i did watch stuff like i say moulin rouge i fell in love with west side story like i oh it's so good i can't wait for the next one spielberg's one i can't wait i think it's gonna be great i like i, I, I feel like i came here late so so late in life but it's just wonderful like i love it like, it is isn't it it's really wonderful yeah it's great so why don't you give a rundown to our audience who don't know what the film is about just a short synopsis and i'll play the trailer <laughs> it's uh, Anna and the Apocalypse is a zombie musical set at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? I love it. Right, here's the trailer. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Young Anna was nestled, all snug in her bed, not knowing tomorrow. She'd meet the undead. How would she survive? What this season would bring? Well, that's simple. She'd stab, she'd slash, and she'd sing. Justin Bieber's a zombie. Um. 
So yeah, I mean, it's just you can hear from that is so much fun. It's delightful. The songs are incredible. I mean, I think this is one thing that I think why from the beginning it just boosted up because those songs are just delightful and performed with so much aplomb by your amazing cast. I've worked with Mark Benton before. He was in one of my shorts, one of my early shorts. Uh, really nice, Paul K as well. I've met him a few times. Just really cool, you know. And obviously Ella Hunt leading the way is just a delight. Um, did you cast? Was anyone already cast? when you came on board or was it a case of blank slate so when i when i uh, no it was it was a blank slate you know the um you know the boys were were you know were, were, were so good and so respectful like we my my decisions we cast and stuff like that like they um you know we and it was it was a team discussion we all did you know sit together and talk about it but we'd um we had, I had, I had about 250 or something casting tapes to go through. Oh, it was, wow. Like, it was mad. Wow. And, you know, from yeah. that, we whittled them down to like about, I can't remember, it was maybe about 30 or 40. And we okay. did sort of like like um, uh, in the room reads and then we got the, the boys to sing a song with them. And we whittled that down again, taking like chemistry reads to you know see how people work together. Because mm. not only do they need to have great chemistry and be a brilliant actor, but they also need to sing yeah. really well. It's that's a tough ask. It's obviously there's lots of musical theatre people out there, but specifically for what you were looking for for this film, no, totally. Oof. And like it was, it was finding somebody that understood like the characters as well. And there was only one person who was who wasn't on the casting tapes. That was Marley Sue. Like um, I'd saw right. Mar- Marley in a play up in Dundee with Tyler, um, <laughs> which was funny enough. And also, um, there was the same day that I met Sarah Swire for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, she's fantastic, um, isn't she? And didn't she choreograph quite a bit of it as well? Is that correct? She, she came was, in. And... She was a choreographer for the there film. You go. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Amazing, um, amazing. And uh, Emma Claire Breitlin, who was um, my leading lady in Notes, and she's in like V for Visa. She's in the Mother Shot, Doug and Steve, and um, she did a wee bit of fight choreo on uh, Where Do We Go From Here? Is the mm-hmm. fight the choreographer on Anna and the Apocalypse as well? Oh, um, so yeah. you know and, and Lauren um, who's my producer she's an associate producer and uh, Tyler um, he's in it of course of course of course yeah of course you're going to bring your man why would you not you know what so, I mean? so just just great the, the, um, like the, the casting like um, you know we found pretty much all of them right there and then and there was a few of them who like I'd, I'd saw in the, the, the casting tapes and went nope I know it's you you're like you it's you like mm. ben, ben Wiggins was like my neck from the moment I saw his casting tape I was just like oh my god look at those dreamy eyes you bastard like, yeah. you know, like, like, like i love you i love you yeah. i love it um, when that happens i love it when you see it's someone you just go yeah they're the one they're the one i want that, them it really it's lovely isn't it it's better than going i'm not sure but, like uh, i i can't i can't say there was any like disagreement like you know you know with the cast we picked and the only person we couldn't find was um was malcolm you know we played mm. john um, it took us right up to November to find him. Like it was like the last bout of casting that we were sort of like looking at, and it was like Mal. It was in his second year at um, at uh, the RS RCS. Okay. Um, so we didn't even an agent or anything. So um, yeah, but I, I saw his casting tape, and it was exactly the same. He was standing there, and um, in a, a Sonic the Hedgehog T-shirt and a, oh, sorry, a jumper. And mm. then um, the uh, he came in to do the casting, and he came in with this big bright orange jacket, and sort of waddled in. I'm like, oh, like here he comes! Like this is <laughs> this is my boy. This is him. I know it is. Yeah, I had my hands by my back. 
fingers crossed. It's so nice when you find the, the, the cast like that and you find those little moments. I love it. I love it. It makes life so much easier. So now you've got this, you've got your cast, you've, you, you're ready to go. How do you choreograph everything and work out time scales in terms of prepping a musical as opposed to a normal drama? Are you doing it like you would an action scene? Yeah, I mean, you're just... I mean, we're just trying to give ourselves the, the, the time to do it. And, like, you know... Um, we had a really good first AD, like um, had a really good cinematographer. Oh, you did Sarah so, Dean, yeah, she's great. She's incredible. Like, uh, and I love her color. Like the two of us, like we, we just both just adore and love color. Great. It was like that way of like trying to make you know like the film as bright as possible, but keeping it. And this, it, we 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 have like a color journey. You know, like at the beginning of the film, it's all reds and blues and greens and yellows, and it's like you know big and bright, you know like bright and vibrant. The blacks are on the floor, mm-hmm. but then when you get to like the very end, you know it starts to become inkier and all those sort of colors. You know that we had they've turned sour. That's so like, nice. Like, yeah. Like turquoise, take turquoises and peaches and pinks. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, it's like uh, yeah, it was great fun. That's great, yeah, because that is that's what's so nice. You, it, the film does start bright and breezy and fun, and you know, right laugh, and then whoa, it does go darker and deeper, and you can tell that with the colours, and it, it it works really well. You know, the emotional heft of that. If you'd kept the lighter colours, like you say, you you wouldn't might not have got the emotion as much, and it works works really well. We're just breaking like each musical down, you know, each moment down. Mm-hmm. You know, Sarah Swire was sort of like um, still trying to you know, finish them while you know we were doing them, so. When we were doing, you know, Hollywood Ends, which was like the first one we did, so that was like in the first scene we started shooting was Breakaway, okay. but there was like um, we did that as like a sort of first day kind of like moving moving into it, um, and which we would finish later. But Hollywood Ending, you know, we had we did that whole canteen sequence. We shot that in two days, Amazing. so yeah. we started with Lisa sitting down next to you know Anna and talking about doing the, the joke about the prosthetic leg, mm-hmm. all the way right up to the bell rings. So we did that over two days. We shot the first the the, the dialogue sequence first, and then um, you know we started to then you know looked at the choreography and we were just breaking it down to you know these wides etc there was certain stuff i already knew like you know like i knew marley and uh you know the table that they were all going to be dancing on and i wanted that sort of like you know tracking around them following anna for her section you know and it's kind of like breaking down the sections of the number mm-hmm. um and where people are and yeah did you have playback? Did you have doing it like a music video? Were you doing it that way so you'd have the track on a, a click? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. We'd we'd got the, we'd recorded all the songs. Well, the boys had done basic versions of them, you know, um, up to a point, and then the cast. Like I always wanted the cast to be singing against their own voice. Of course, yeah. I didn't I didn't want them singing against anybody else. So mm. we'd got them in just before. Like we started shooting. After Christmas and before Christmas, we had them in for rehearsals and costume fittings, and and they do their singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so as I say, so when we were playing it back, they were singing to themselves in the other parts and you know things like that. Yeah, it sounds brilliant. It sounds so much fun and hard work, but fun. What was what did you learn from your first film that you brought to this to Anna and the Apocalypse? Um, so one of the things is I knew I would always sort of like. Um, it would always come across me and I knew it would come across just because of like, you know, the project, the weight of it and, mm. you know, that kind of the pressure behind it, which was, you know, a wee bit of imposter syndrome. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, when th- those first few days, you know, were, were really quite tough. Those, you know, like, um, you know, the beginning of them were tough because, you know, once you get into it, you forget about it and it's just because you, you just like, you know, one foot in front of the next. You know, Absolutely, like, oh, yeah. Survival, minutes. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
and you have prepped it. You know, we've been sitting for months and months and months and working on this. It wasn't as if, you know, we've just turned up and, you know, we've got a couple of cameras and a couple of people, you know. We knew it all down to the wire, you know, down, down to the, you know, the T, and it was just a case of, you know, doing it. And I think, I think that, I knew that like I knew that I was going to feel like that because that's like how I felt on the first one. You know, the first few days were just like I was a bit, you know, no torture, but you know, I was just worried that people are going to realise that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah. and and it's not to say like I don't know what I'm doing, but you know, when you're there and you're in it and you're like, you know, you kind of can't believe you're there. You can't, you know, and as I said in the like um, the panic of it all, you know, that builds up just before you start turning over is you know. To say you feel like the biggest imposter, and every, somebody's going to turn around. You're going to make a decision, and somebody's going to turn around and go, "That's the stupidest decision Andy's ever made in their entire life." You, <laughs> you can't direct traffic, mate. Get here. Um, I know. Isn't that such a strange feeling that we have that? You know, even though we prepped it, we're planning it. It's our shot. We've already spoke to the DP where the camera's going to go. We've already spoke to the actors, but yet you still go, "Oh, imposter syndrome." Is someone going to turn around? Is someone looking over my shoulder going to tap me and go, "What are you doing?" mate stop get out it's weird such a strange thing i think everyone gets it from like i say everyone has been on the podcast talk about that as a thing it's like you know even if they made six features isn't that i think it's just one of those things you get and you just yeah. fight through it and just go no no like you say by the third or fourth day since it's irrelevant you're like yeah come over here right let's okay chop from here 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 but that first moment which is why i love talking about that first moment because it's it's quite a Big thing to go. Okay, let's turn over. Let's go action. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I say, you 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 just fight through it. You can get through it. So, yeah. I mean, was it a good shoot? In all, was it was it a, oh, amazing? It was incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. Like it was like it was. Um, every day was so much fun. Every day was brilliant. It was a great laugh. Like you know, it was hard. It was tough on days. You know, but like so those people who I was working with on Waterloo Road, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, the ca- so the camera team I was working with were my, my A camera team and, you know, like, people who I went and worked in dailies with and, like, River City stuff were on my, my, my B camera team. That's so you know, like, cool. That's great, just, mate. Yeah. Uh, the gaffer um, uh, was, like, the best boy in Waterloo Road when I used to work together and, like, you know, again, I'm a camera assistant by trade, so, like, all the Sparks used to know me because I'm with John McPhail that's going to come and hound you for power, you know, like, <laughs> Um, you know, you know, especially when you're on location. And then I used to, what I used to always do was, um, you would make uh, coffee in the morning for the camera team. Mm. And I would, whenever we were on location, I used to bring in two flasks, right? And I'd always bring in another, like a spare flask and make another set of coffee. Right. And whenever, like, I need to go and charge, like, my, um, or, or find a or find a charging point for the batteries. Yeah. I used to go up to the Sparks and you'd be like, right, lads, who wants a cup of coffee? Like, here you go, here you go, you're brought me, man. And then you'd be like, right, where can I charge these? And like, get these off, you know, off. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, you know, it's, again, a total banter. And they're like, I charge it in the back, you know, but don't do it again, you know. Mm. Yeah, they know they, they know that they need to give you the power. They don't want to because they want to hold the power. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're going to have a bit of banter with them, you're going to bottle them up, and have a laugh yes. with them. They'll, they'll take it and they're like, and as I say, um, and a lot of fun. So a lot of like a lot of folk like that would come on. A lot of folk who I'd worked with for years, yeah. so, you know, they've all um, had come on and sort of like working like Fiona Morrison, who did call, who was my, my head of costume. We were we were trainees together. Like, wow. uh, you know, yeah, like, that's so nice. You bring these people with you, and now you're the director. It's like, yeah, yeah. Before I was sort of, you know, trying to get power from people or bringing people coffee, and you're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm directing now. So, <laughs> do you want to come with oh. me? How great! 
would you call it? Well, you know, a lot of these people are just like they're, they're the best that, that you know that work in Scotland, mm. you know, and that's that's who you wanted, and you know, yeah. like, um, and they they were just so excited to come and you know work on the film and come and work for me, and you know, that's something as well. Was like I, I, I was I was really really lucky about it. it was my crew, like my crew were incredible. They busted their hump every day of the week, and you know, like you know, it felt like you know we'd all grown up together we'd all mm. came up together you know like that which was really nice yeah it um, is nice and actually speaking of nice it's i think it's so important and you've, you've explained it brilliantly and anyone listening take this to heart how nice john was when he was doing all those jobs and and bringing the banter and bringing the fun but also doing his job properly so that when the time came that he was making his feature people wanted to work with him you know and that uh, and you could also pick up the phone and ask for advice and that is so important don't be a dick on set i, I say it but it's, so, <laughs> but it's so true isn't it and, you know you seem like a lovely guy and you you get shit done you know you've proved it and i, no, I think it's thanks, so much, important I, but i do i do that i hate the whole with filmmakers who go oh, no no i don't want to do that or i, I don't want to treat these people that way no no, everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's working their asses off. Sometimes oh, well, for you, I've been a runner. You know, I've been a production runner. Mm. You know, yeah. You know, like you know, one of the things is like when I remember working as a runner and going right. You know, what does everybody? And you try and work out what everybody does, and you you, you appreciate it because then when see when you're running your own set, you're going right. I know what you do, and I know what you do, yep. and. There was one. If there's one bit of advice I can give to filmmakers, and it doesn't matter, like if it's like you've got a team of like six people or sixty people or six hundred people, whatever it is, at the end of every single day, you go around and you say thank you, mm. like to every, every department. And we, I used to, at the end, of, at the end of every day on Anna, like it didn't matter if it was a if it was a terrible day, if we'd been running behind, and we need to pick up the next day, <laughs> or if it'd been a pure you know, breeze of a day and we were, we were about to finish early or, you know, mm-hmm. it didn't, didn't matter. Like, you know, the end of every single day you went round and you said, thanks very much, shook people's hands, gave them a cuddle and I'd take an hour out of my day just to be like, you know, go around, you know, get back to location, go around all the departments, pop my head in and say, thanks very much yep. because people appreciate it. They, pre- they appreciate that you, you appreciate their work. Absolutely. That you're not just like going to snub them. And and I know I, I know for a fact people come in and they worked a hundred and ten percent harder for me because they knew they were appreciated and they knew that like that you know and not only knew what they did I knew their names and you know like I I had a you know as I say an appreciation for them. It's great and, advice, man. It really is. A lot of people don't do that. They sit at the top and go, "I'm fine. I'm I'm all right up here." But yeah, absolutely, mate. And you'll you'll take that with you onto your next film and your next one. And that is only a really good thing. It's only a really good thing. So, I mean, we could talk about anime pockets all day, but I know your time is, uh, and us as well, our listeners. So, obviously, it it has done really well. You got picked up by AMP and Orion Pictures, which is huge. Right? <laughs> Orion. Remember that logo coming on Orion and you got picked up by Orion, mate. That must have been a special moment. Oh, we were the first acquisition since they come back, wow. so we were like, wow. uh, and I, I learned we were sold in a deal, uh, like a Canadian deal, yeah. we or something like that as well, like first, first rates on that, it's like, man, <laughs> what? we were sold in a deal with Bell and Ted 3, it's like, that's, that's amazing. Madness. Um, I, that is I, amazing. Like, the whole journey, yeah. like, for all of us, has just been incredible, and it's, you know, we done a, a tweet along the other night, and we were all, you we did, were all, yes. all on house party yeah. together, and, you know, like, we've got, like, a, a, a WhatsApp group that so we talk to each other like practically every day like you know uh, that's so cool so we're that's all so nice. just so tight so like throughout the whole process of like you know there was times where we, we filmed festivals i was on my own and then there was times where like certain you know like people you know 
come out, come along with me, or like you know, meet up with me and things like that. But then when we got to do mm-hmm. like a sort of like we tour together, like we went to like Comic Con and did Elsie Fest, and you know, we did Sitches together and we did a uh, Fantastic Fest together, Edinburgh Film Festival, Fright Fest. You know, those were for mm-hmm. me were the most fun because when we were shooting the film, like everybody would be like, you know, after like like after finishing, we're like going for a wee pint after, or we're going to do this, and I'd be like. I can't. <laughs> I need to go. I need to go home and prep for the more. I'm making a, a zombie musical. I know. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, me just turning up to my my ninety five. Like so. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Like I noticed yeah. I didn't have any fun. Like I had fun on set and you know had laughs and jokes with people. But you know, like the one thing I kind of missed out on was like all the sort of like you know the the camaraderie, yeah, yeah, yeah. the drink, and the banter afterwards. I know, I know, mate. And it's it's devastating for us as actually as directors that we, I mean, yeah, you can do a bit of that, but you you've got to be really no, careful. I, I would I would never oh. say recommend it. Even even my days no. off, like you know, like if it was like mm. I, the, the next day was a day off, like the next day I was back in the school prepping the next scenes, like. Well, you've got to. It's your job to do that and be on top of everything. Otherwise, nothing gets done, and it's an absolute shit show. So. And it's your your name on the end of, at the end of the day, you know. So your filmmakers, you can't do that. You just can't. I, I I find it amazing when people do. They go out and get smashed or whatever. They have a drink with their cast and crew, and you're like, whoa, you know, properly heavy. You can maybe have one quick one if you've got a, you know, whatever it is. But you've got to prep. Your next <laughs> Imagine day, directing man. with a hangover like a. <laughs> don't 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 don't. It's hard enough as it is. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. You in every five minutes? It. Just be you would be. <laughs> But you also can't think and you need your brain. It needs to be, you need to be on fire when you're directing. You have to think about every single thing. I say it's like organising a wedding every day. <laughs> yeah, so that's pe- like, <laughs> people have got to turn up. You've got to get them there and you've got to get the food there on time. And then everything's got to run like clockwork. And if you've gone out the night before, nah, no chance. It's just not going to work. So, yeah, I don't advise it at all. So, um, Anna in the Apocalypse, it is out now right across the world so people can go watch it if they've not seen yeah. it. Is that great? Great. So I'll, I'll put a link to wherever you want me to put a link to in the show notes, uh, America, UK, everywhere else around the world, you can get Anna in the Apocalypse, and I highly recommend you going to check it out. Um, John McPhail, thank you so much for joining oh, us. Honestly, pleasure, this man. has been absolute joy where can people follow you on the socials and and say hello and say thank you i know i'm on twitter like uh, at worrying drake um so yeah now you can get me there you know any questions about the movie or anything like that just you know send us send us a retweet do it do it there you go the offer is there ladies and gentlemen um send it so you can follow us at filmmakers pod or me at giles alderson if you've enjoyed this in any way shape or form tell your friends that's how we grow and also uh give us a nice review on itunes why not we have thousands of podcasts i say thousands we've got hundreds of podcasts for you to listen to with so much advice while you've got the downtime now um to catch up on so head to the filmmakers where you will also find all our merch oh yeah all our lovely sexy new merch you can be wearing uh, and get your projects ready get your scripts ready so they're 100 percent ready and prep just like john is doing now and don't forget join us this thursday for the make your film event literally three days away june the 4th it's gonna be brilliant come learn how you can make your film as well John, again, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time, no, buddy. No, thanks, dude. Thank you very, very much. This has been good fun. It has. It's been really good. Remember who your audience is and get out there and make your film. And if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, it's your duty to send the elevator back down. Until next Tuesday, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.